Hello and welcome to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode, I am joined by Gemma Clark and we are chatting about something that is super topical in Glasgow just now. We have a lot of protesters around our hospitals and gynaecological units who are causing a lot of distress. Therefore, there is a huge call, especially from the campaign Back Off Scotland. Lucy Grieve from Back Off Scotland was on the podcast before, and they are looking for buffer zones to be put in place. This has become really heightened in recent months, and especially recent weeks, recent days actually, at the time of recording this, and we're really hopeful that our politicians will come together and get these buffer zones put in place very soon. So Gemma is chatting about how she believes women's rights are at risk. A really important conversation. Gemma, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hi, good to speak to you. Yeah, you too, and lovely to have connected with you on Twitter. Tell us a wee bit about you. Hi, I'm Gemma. I'm a school teacher in Scotland. Um, I'm really passionate about inclusive education, about human rights, children's rights. I'm really interested in LGBTQ inclusive education and also a feminist who has real interest in how we achieve gender equality for young people. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. I'm I'm loving it all already, Gemma. I'm um, now, I think I've got an idea about what you're going to be talking about because we've connected over our passion for the same thing on Twitter. Yes. But today, Gemma, tell me, what do you know for sure? I know for sure that women's rights are at risk across the world, particularly for American women with the likely overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh-huh. And I know that this crackdown on women's rights is coming from the religious right, the American religious right, and it's the same networks who are also peddling transphobia and they're also working very hard on book bans. We can maybe come back to book bans later. But I know for sure that we can't be complacent in Scotland because we've had an uptick in clinic harassment and anti-abortion protesters. And we've had some strong words from our government, but we've not really had any real action so far. So what I know is that we need buffer zones immediately to protect our safe access to healthcare. And I think in the longer term, we need to ensure that young people are getting proper proper health-focused and fact-based abortion education. I think both boys and girls, yes. young people all gender, need to, to know the facts and it needs to be health-focused. Yep, and I've been so shocked about this. And obviously, I've been talking about it on the podcast before and on Ignite the Radio Show and Sunday Govern Radio. And I feel as if, where has all that come from? It must have come from America, because where else could it have come from? And... Like, these were battles that I'm honestly, I went to, had Catholic education. I These are battles that I was fighting as a 13 and a 14 and a 15 year old in classrooms. And as a good lassie was getting myself into an awful lot of trouble for refusing to listen to the propaganda that was trying to be peddled to us. It's really unfair, that propaganda in schools, it shouldn't uh-huh. be happening. So I think that when I reflect on that, that was the, the 1980s and 90s. And therefore I can say, oh, can we know better now? I am so shocked and spoke to uh, Lucy Grieve on the podcast, spoke to Greg Irwin on the radio show. It needs to change. And actually, we're recording this the 27th of May. This week, this has been even worse this week, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was only like yesterday or the day before we had the QEUH, the Sandyford Clinic and the Royal Infirmary all targeted on the same day. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when we look across the pond, because you talked about that as well, I've seen a really powerful image and it said you you know it was sort of a speaking to that very right wing group that they've got over in america and it was saying so you'll protect an unborn baby 
but only until it's born because then you won't protect it when it goes to school because you want to keep your gun. I know, um, and I think the shooting in Texas, um, these people, these are the same people, it's the religious right who want to protect their, their right to have guns and they don't care about the amount of children who are, it's the leading cause of death for children in the USA now, I mean, it's is gun violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not pro-life at all. I mean, I think if people started doing abortions with guns, then maybe they would have some interest in banning guns. Well, Loving children, they don't actually care about. Exactly, and that's really shocking. So, I mean, what are you doing? I know that you are very, very active in calling people to account on Twitter, uh, and that is great that we've got that now, hasn't it? And we can do things in a very public way. What is, yeah. What's next for you when it comes to what's going on just now? We're in Glasgow, so what's going on in Glasgow just now? So what I'm doing just now is I'm trying, it's obviously it's Lucy Greaves' campaign, the Buffer Zone campaign, so it's not something I started, but I've been trying my best to support it in any way at all I can. What I'm working on personally is most teachers are members of the EIS union, that's the biggest union in Scotland, so I've submitted a motion to them to propose that the union campaign for health-focused abortion education and to provide training on teachers on this. So there's a lengthy process because it's got to go through the union's democratic process. But if it passes at local level, it could then go to national level. And I think it, I believe in education is something that liberates people and sets them free. That's why I'm so passionate about education. Yeah. And I think girls, especially, but all young people, I think, have the right to not be subjected to propaganda, that they should get health focused facts education because abortion is healthcare. Uh-huh. I'm not against having these discussions in RE. But if you if you only have discussions as part of an RE lesson, then that gives you a very distorted view of things. It does. And I don't think that's fair or right or ethical. Uh-huh. And it's I suppose uh, I'm guilty of always trying to see the positive. The fact that all this is going on and there's so much, well, I feel it's getting talked about a lot. I've got two teenage daughters. It's all getting talked about a lot just now in my circles. Maybe people are being educated by it. And so actually abortions stop being a taboo. And actually, people are starting to say, right, well, how, how can you avoid getting to that stage? And if you do get to that stage, how do you act? And are you within your rights to do that? And yes, you are. Have you got any thoughts around that? The fact that it's maybe bringing it out of the darkness into the light, this actual conversation? Yeah, I think it is a good thing that people are talking really openly about abortions. And as you were saying, what can you do if you get into the situation and you're pregnant when you don't want to be? That's why I think it fits really well. Scotland has a good sexual health curriculum. And, look, you know, young people are given, at an age-appropriate level, they're given lots of information about contraception. So I think, naturally, what should follow that is, well, sometimes contraception doesn't work. Or in this world, people do get abused and raped. If you end up in a situation that you're pregnant and you don't want to be, mm-hmm. what can you do about it? Yeah. Where can you get the help that you need? Mm-hmm. And I think it's only fair that young people, girls especially, get access to that information. Uh-huh. But I think you're right. I think it is bringing the conversation out in the open. Mm-hmm. And I think... Also, a lot of people, a lot of women are openly sharing online their trauma. They're saying, I was at the QUH, I was, I had a stillborn and I had a miscarriage or I'd been raped and I was traumatised by these protesters. Yeah. People are openly sharing that. And yet people are trying to make the debate about freedom of speech, which it's not. Buffer it's zones not. do not impede anybody's freedom of speech. It just stops giving people the right, in inverted commas, to harass women outside of hospital clinic, hospital cl- and clinics right at the entrance. Because there's no... I, I feel like um stopping and chatting to them, which I don't because I just don't know that it's the right thing for me, if I'm honest, because I'm so aggrieved by it all. But saying, you know, these are all about God. Do you think this is what God wants? Do you think God wants people to be bullied and intimidated? Do you think that you are doing Jesus' work here? Because exactly. I don't think they are. 
You know, you no. can be the most religious person in the world. I don't believe you're doing Jesus's work if you are intimidating somebody. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm not a Christian myself, but I've read quite a lot about Jesus and I've read books about Mary Magdalene's gospel. And I believe that Jesus would never have encouraged anyone to hang about hospitals exactly. like a witch tricker and harass vulnerable women. There's no way Jesus would have been on board with that. Uh-huh. And it must just be so challenging. And how cha- how difficult, Greg, Erwin is finding that. And he's going in, he's having to pass them every day to go to his work. And all the all the staff that are working, it's just it's just a horrific situation, and it is eroding women's rights. But you obviously you started off with women's rights are at risk. Where else do you feel women's rights are at risk? Well, I think um, I think the most pressing issue just now is the safe access to hospitals for women in Scotland. But when I look at the situation in America, it's very concerning because what happens in America comes here in some way, in some shape or form, yeah. in one way or another. So it's also, it's not just about women's rights and abortion rights. A lot of the transphobia that's putting our young people at risk is coming from America. And even things like the book banning, which I've got, which is a real bugbear of mine, you know, they're, they're not about free speech and freedom of information. They want everybody to agree with what they think and they want to enforce it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lobby in America that wants to enforce a theocracy. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me any of this is about freedom. And I'm worried that it's affecting our freedom over here, whether it's our intellectual freedom and our right to access books or a right to control their own bodies, whether it's a girl accessing an abortion or whether it's a young trans person who wants to access their legal right to healthcare. Yeah. And, you know, and I think like like you, I don't think you're quite as old as me, obviously, but you can get like really passionate. I'm a feminist. I'm a socialist. I believe in what's right. I'm starting to feel wore down by the world and I'm I'm only 47. I've still got plenty of living left to do. But there's a danger, isn't it? When all of this stuff that goes on starts to wear down the women who are strong, who are happy to share their voice, who are, you know, I'm always about shouting about what's important to me and I always have been, whether that be on a radio or a podcast or um, just in the street or whatever, you know, to the conversations that I'm a part of. But isn't it, are you feeling worn down by everything that's going on or are you still feeling that you've got all the fight in you? Yes and no. In some ways, I do feel, you know, that I look at the the young girls in my family, the kids I teach, and I think, I can't believe that you're having to grow up in a country where we are still having these same battles and where it's actually getting worse. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, in some ways, I do feel encouraged because with things like social media, it's much harder to silence us and drown us out. We don't need access to to big tabloids or TV shows, you know, you can you can put your message out there now. Exactly. It's much harder to silence women and to silence pro-choice activists. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I think it's getting better, but in other ways, yeah, I totally agree. I'm 39 years old and I see young girls still having to have the, fight the same battles that I fought as a girl, but if anything, it's actually getting worse. It's actually getting worse because there wasn't people protesting outside clinics when I was young. Yeah, you know, no, I don't remember seeing exactly. it happen either. I think it's been quite relatively recent, hasn't exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. And so obviously we know that there's a varying degree of support when it comes to politicians. When it, mm-hmm. What are you thinking about politicians and how they are standing up to this? I will put my cards on the table and say that as a member of the SNP, this could be the thing that makes me leave, which surprises me. Of all the things that I thought would make me step back from a political party, I didn't think in the 2020s this would be the thing that would make me step back. But I need to see action soon is where I'm feeling on it. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, much the same. And again, to be honest, I was an SNP member for a long, long time. I was always quite a staunch supporter of the SNP. 
I got a bit annoyed with a lot of things regarding education during the pandemic, but I think like you, the final straw for me was the lack of action on buffer zones. It's good to see the cross-party support. I think Monica Lennon of the Labour Party, she's been absolutely Amazing. fantastic. And mm-hmm. also Gillian Mackay um, from the Green Party. It's her who's putting through the private members' bill to try and get buffer zones. I was at BBC Debate Night the other night and I met Anna Starbar and he's really supportive as well. So there's a lot of support and I believe there's a lot of support within the SNP as well. But there are also and there are some anti-choice extremists within the SNP. And if I was still an SNP member, I would be really quite upset that these people are still allowed to be members of the party and represent the SNP. Because yeah. to me, that is not what their ethos is meant to be about. Yeah, because there's the whole thing, isn't there, which I stand by an awful lot. If people don't like this thing about me or this opinion I've got, well, that's all right. I don't want them to like me. I don't want to talk to them. I'm all right with them not liking me, you know? So equally, do I want to be part of a party who has members that are so staunchly up for what's going on around our hospital? Because that is... And that's a big question for us all to be contemplating just now, isn't it? If you are politically affiliated like that. Yeah, and I think if it was to do with any other issue, if it was any other kind of extreme view, you know, if it was, I don't know, I think if it was some kind of extreme racist view, I think that the whip would have been withdrawn. So I don't see why it's okay to have extreme views that hurt women. Yes, exactly. Like, it's like, is it almost like it's still okay to hate women? Basically is where we're at, isn't it? Yeah. And how how depressing is that? Because if it was men that had to access abortions, I'm sure there would be no protests outside, let's face it. Oh, absolutely. And people make the analogy of, imagine men were forced to have vasectomies, maybe people would understand. But even then, that's not really a comparison because a vasectomy is a really simple, straightforward procedure. You recover very quickly, unlike an unwanted pregnancy where you could have been raped and there's trauma and it continues for all these months and there's all this physical and emotional burden. So uh-huh. actually, that's not really an analogy. There's nothing that affects men that compares to this in any way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so are you feeling as if you're just going to keep keep on the case until you are done, until we have exclusion zones? Are you hopeful that it will be soon? Uh, I don't know how long it, how long it's going to take. I hope it will be resolved soon. But yeah, my plan is to just keep plugging away to it in any way that I can. And I'm hoping that the, that the EIS union will be a good way in because they're a good union. They have a lot of ideas about you know girls rights they've got a document getting it right for girls they provide a lot of anti-racist training they're also very supportive of lgbt rights and inclusive education that way so yeah again i believe education is the way forward in all these things i think long term if people were better educated on abortion and the need for it and the fact that abortion saves lives i can't say enough abortion is a life-saving medical procedure and the more people understand that then hopefully in future, we'll have to go endure less of this, less of this nonsense of people protesting against healthcare and harassing people. I know, because there is the whole notion as well that you're, you're how you, me getting in and out at a doctor's or a, any medical, a hospital, it's pretty like nobody else can find out about why I'm at the doctor's. You know, I've got yeah. privacy when I walk through those doors. Nobody else can ever know. I don't even think a court can probably know, do you know, if they needed to. And yet yeah. that anonymity is, is being removed from women, isn't it, just now? Yeah, it is. And whatever reason you're accessing healthcare, like I went to visit my mum in the Royal the other night and I thought, I do not want to see these people waving signs. I do not need to see this right now. It's not even just women accessing gynaecological services. It's people accessing a hospital for any reason. reason. Nobody needs 
these people waving signs at them and muttering away to themselves and chanting. Exactly, exactly. So good luck with it all. I'll continue to support you and do everything I can here. But equally, anybody else that wants to come on and talk about this is most welcome. Thank you. Good good work, Gemma. Thank you for coming on the Thank podcast. You it's amazing the allies and like-minded souls that you find on social media. It's yes. been a great thing. I know, I know. Thank you. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.